I got one listener in here right now. Can you hear anything? I'm just checking to make sure that this is working. If you can hear something, give me a thumbs up. You're my only hope. Crisis King 4, you're my only hope. If you can hear something, just give me a thumbs up. Oh, cool. I got some sound. Good. All right. Now I'm I'm requiring you to hit the share button as well. <laughs> you're, you're the only you're the only way people are gonna come in here and listen. You gotta hit the share button. If y'all can hear the music, go ahead and hit the thumbs up. Let me get started in just a second. I wanna get a few more people in the room before I start laying out some of my thoughts. Right now, I'm just doing some checking to make sure that I I got sound. I did a Twitter Spaces last night. I did not get sound coming through. Hold on one sec. Carter, you got sound from me? I think our sound is back working again. All right, everybody coming in. Hit the share button. Oh, I got some things I really want to say. All right. Hey, Lily, you're back in here again. That's cool. So I did a Twitter Spaces last night had a great great group of people in there had Doug Tenaple legend Earthworm Jim Darren Doan another legend I mean punk rock video guy that is the I mean you all know who Darren Doan is because you probably watched some of his music videos from back in the day Jason Farley uh, easily my big brother mentor uh, from Knox Unplugged gotta hear Jason um and then uh, Stuart from Page 50. They all jumped in last night. <sighs> Had a great, great conversation on the opportunity right now that is in front of content creators. To be able to have a one versus one with the media machine, mainstream media. Great conversation. Here's the problem with the conversation. It wasn't recorded for spaces. So <laughs> we were left out and we had a great conversation with us and we had some technical difficulties. That wasn't our fault. Listen, I know I mess with tech a lot. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. It was inside of spaces. They messed it up. The only way you could listen or hear was if you were actually uh, allowed to speak. So that's it. So anybody who wants to speak on this, I really want to have. So there's two things I want to talk about. Well, maybe three. One of them is I'm going to talk about ESPN in just a second, but I also want to talk about the answer to ESPN. So I'm going to talk about ESPN and think of ESPN as mainstream media and everything that um, that goes with traditional content creation. And then I want to talk about the answer. The third thing that I want to talk about, where is really I want you guys' help, which I hope you've all shared the. Have you shared this yet? Oh, Nathan Talbot. What's up, Nathan? Yo, my guy's in here. Yo, um, Nathaniel, I would love to get your ideas on some of this too. But go ahead, everybody share this because I want to get as many people in here because I want to crowdsource a concept. I want to work through this concept with you because I think I have the answer to all of our problems. (laughs) 
course I would think that, right? But here's the deal. Yesterday morning, I turned on ESPN. It's kind of my routine. I wake up in the morning. As I'm going through my morning routine, I like to have sports going on, mainly because talking is one of the things that I do for a living. So I like to see what the high-level guys are doing. And I think the highest level of talk is usually news radio, particularly conservative news guys. I think talk radio, those guys are the the high end of entertainment. The other group that's right next to them are sports guys, ESPN, Fox Sports 1, those guys who are engaged in sports because you can have some of the hardest or toughest conversations with people and still be friends at the end of the day. Unlike politics, for whatever reason, when you start fighting about politics, you want to kill the other guy, you know. But when you're talking about sports, your tempers can raise as high as possible and yelling at each other. And you guys are laughing at the end of the day. So part of what I've always tried to do is make politics and the the conversation concept more like a sports conversation so that we can have engagements with each other and still be able to have some sort of humanity looked at it with each other in the middle of that conversation or dialogue as we move forward. So that's been my goal. So I, I wake up in the morning, go through my routine. Yes, people, all the all my Christian friends, yes, I'm, I still pray. I still do my scripture. Reading. I do all that stuff, okay? But, have, but part of my research for what I do is watching how the high-talent guys are engaging. So I turn on ESPN like I normally do. And to be honest, I don't usually turn it on when it's not football season. Football season comes in, and I'm like, all right, my ESPN, I'm here. Sports, I'm here. So I turn it on, and... Literally for like, I don't know, five to 10 minutes, something like, well, it felt like eternity. That's how it felt to me, you know, because I had to hear it. I turned on ESPN, the place that I go to because I know it's kind of like the man's joint hangout. It's it's sports, right? It's the best masculinity put out there for everybody to taste and see. I turn it on and forever, at least it seemed like that to me, I am listening to a guy describe and work through all of the wardrobe of the football players as they come in to get on their uniforms. And he's just going through and he's wearing a short sleeve shirt with a little middle cutout with a nice gold chain and the, the jeans with the rips. And he's just going through a name and all these things. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what happened? Where have all the men gone? Where is the Where is the masculinity? When did we listen, ESPN? I haven't lost that much testosterone yet to where I've decided to come into a television show and watch a fashion show when I'm supposed to be watching football. I didn't make that trade. If I want to see a fashion show, I would lose a lot more testosterone first, and then I would go to somewhere else, but not to ESPN. I want to see football. I want to hear about football. I want to engage where men actually do combat. That's what I'm here for, ESPN. You guys have gone so soft, you become gay till you're spending five to 10 minutes talking about another man's clothes. What? When I see another man dressed nice, yeah, I'm going to be like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, nice, nice shoes, nice clothes. I, I, I like that. But when I come into ESPN or Fox Sports 1, I didn't come there to hear about what you got on. I'm not a woman, I'm not gay. I have testosterone still, a lot of it. And until I lose that, I don't want y'all doing that. But obviously, y'all have lost all of y'all testosterone. I'm probably going to get a little trouble for saying this, but it's probably because y'all didn't hire too many women. 
I sound like Jason Whitlock now, but it's true. And now you got to now you got to have this whole thing to invite all these other people who aren't even concerned about what y'all talking about. To look, stop it, stop it. I'm done. I'm so frustrated. And so when I see a problem, when I see something like this, the first thing I want to do is complain like I'm doing right now. But I have an answer. And I was like, and, and this is this goes. So some of the conversation I was, I'm getting this from because I was watching Jason Whitlock's show when he had Brett Favre on there. And, man, I feel like the old guy now. I feel like I've gone old. And Brett Favre and, and, and Jason were talking, and they were talking about kind of like the good old days, and, and that was fun. But then he had a, a Coach JB, I believe his name is. And Coach JB started breaking down the idea that football is broken in its hierarchical structure. And he started saying, listen, the guy on the side, the, the quarterback, he doesn't get a headset because he's not a coach. There's a structure. This He's not seen the same way as a coach. He don't get a headset. I get the headset if I'm the head coach. You do as you told, and you're on a need-to-know basis. We're not on the same level, and that's okay. You're a quarterback. Be a quarterback. I'm a coach. I coach. And when he started saying this, Jason started breaking down the idea that, look, what's going on inside of our American culture, the breakdown of the hierarchical structure in the family, in society, is bleeding and showing itself manifested all the way in our sports. And we are seeing the outcome of it. Football has gotten soft. Brett Favre was playing injured and broken. Part of the reason they were saying that they thought that um, Aaron Rodgers got hurt was because he didn't build up some of the things that he needed to build up with, with grit and tenacity and getting his body prepared for taking some of these hits in the preseason, in the practice, where they actually did physical things so that you can be ready to engage in real physical contact. But when you come in so cold, yeah, your body's not going to be ready for that. Oh, my goodness. That's not just football, people. That's not just football. Let me just take this back for a second. Part of the reason we have sports, part of the reason that we have battle combat sports was so that while our military was not engaged in real battle, they didn't become soft and limp. They, they still were able to keep the calluses they developed in battle, in war, by playing full combat sports so that they can have not just the skill set of battle and tenacity and grit to keep fighting, but also a certain type of virtue. It wasn't just, hey, you scored and you beat the other guy. It's that you have, we're developing characteristics of virtue even in battle. So all of that is just gone. And now we turn on our, our those things that are supposed to be helping us develop a certain sort of tenacity and grit and fight and engagement. And now it's fashion shows. And if you like stuff like that, shame on you. If you can turn on ESPN, the place you went to go get sports, some, some doggone testosterone that still exists somewhere on the planet, you thought and you're like, oh, this is great. You, you've lost too much testosterone. Or you have way too much estrogen flowing through your body. Stop it. Stop it. You need to go do some push-ups. So here was my thing. I see this, and I'm like, okay. We need to start creating the kind of content. We need to start creating the type of um, male-driven or testosterone-driven or masculine-driven 
culture, in our entertainment, that people can come and still get that kind of engagement with someone else that's still masculine, right? Where we're not sitting here talking about fashion shows and where'd you get those socks from? So rather than complain about it, I was like, oh, well, well, what can I do? So my challenge last night to everybody, and guys, if you're listening, if you want to jump in here, feel free. I'm going to open it up for you to jump in to chat. I would love for you to share this because I really kind of want to, I want to have a lot more people to talk about my answer to the problem, which I'm getting there. I'm a little long-winded. I came from preacher folks, so I got their habits. So my challenge last night was you have a one versus one reality that just developed because of the writer strike. Because of the writer strike right now, shows don't have writers. And most shows, typical shows on television that you watch have somewhere between 15 to 200 writers in the back room. So while you see one person up on the camera, that one person is actually the product of somewhere between 15 to 200 other people. Now, take that, hold that up in one side of your in your head. I want you to go to the other side of this. And I want you to think about a YouTuber or an online media guy who has his camera, his cell phone, whatever equipment he has, and no writer's room. He's by himself. So what you see is what you get with him. That's real authenticity right there. He's working hard. He's thinking about how to create content, how to entertain people, and he's doing something else that's a little different. He's also figuring out how to make sure that the people want to continue to listen to him for every moment that he's talking. He's basically saying thank you every 15 seconds into his show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying around. And I just want to say to the people that are here, thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, be nice if you hit the share button. And so, but, so when we see content creators, we think they're all the same, but they're not. The social media guy, the guy who is working on his own content, he is by himself. These other shows have an army with them. But because of the writer's strike, these shows are going back to work without their writers and the writers aren't engaging. So you finally have a one versus one battle between content creators and mainstream media as content creators, which I consider myself to be a part of that group. We should be, I mean, creating so much content that we are oversaturating their market and pulling their audiences out. And so I was thinking since, and that's my answer to the question. So we're tired of our content. We're tired of the people that are out there that are making it. We can't get the things that we want from it. Why don't we make it ourselves? Let's make it. And we don't have to serve the same size. Jason Farley made this point yesterday. I thought it was so good. We don't have to serve the same size of the audience as everybody else does that we're in competition with. We don't have to have 200 million people. We don't have to have a million people. We don't have to have 100,000 people. Our goal should be to serve 1,000 to 5,000 people inside of our circles really, really well. And a lot of us doing it. Jason made the point yesterday. I wish he was on right now. Somebody tag Jason Tumkin here in this chat. Jason made the point yesterday, and I thought it was really good, that the way that things have moved for the left and for the liberals and for the pagans is that they don't just think of it as a uh, we got to get everybody thing or we just need to do it one time. They think of a multi-form attack. Christians tend to throw a rock into the lake and expect that one rock to ripple across the whole lake. 
But liberals, what they do, and it's really, really a, a great attack, great strategy, is that they throw many pebbles, many pebbles all across the lake until the whole lake is moving to their tune, to their melody. So we need to have a lot more Christian people engaging in their forms of content serving smaller groups of people that are all moving the Overton window to our direction. So here's my idea. Here, here's, here's my answer. This is what I, I think I can do. I already do a show with Cross Politic. We do four shows a week. We got a team that produces that. Our team is three people. And, and I'm grateful for those people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add more to my plate. I'm thinking of adding more to my plate, but I want to use only certain platforms to do that. And the platform that I want to use particularly is X, because I think it's the new hotness. I think that X is kind of what we, oh, Jason Farley's here. I'm going to give him a chance to speak if he wants to jump in. Hold on one second. Um, there he is. All right, Jason, when you come in, go ahead and mute your mic. And anybody else who wants to jump in, ask questions or engage, you're going to have an opportunity right here. All right, so here's my, here's my contribution to all of this. I woke up this morning. I think it was Doug Tenaple that sent something through one of our, um, our friends, I think Lily, actually. And he said, hey, um, if you do this, you'll be able to do what you're doing now. Um, you'll be able to have a massive impact and become a top show. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's a good concept. And so I woke up this morning and came up with a concept, one that I've known and been comfortable with for a long time since I've been working for Todd Friel. If I did five shows a day, five shows a day, what would I do it on? Because part of being a good show is having good content and creating good content, and that content needs to be something that you know you can produce every day at the drop of a dime without even blinking, Right? So I came up with these five concepts, and this is what I want your help with. I want your help with, with molding these concepts and making them shows. Okay, so five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I got to produce content every day for these shows, somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour. <sighs> what does that sound like? Monday. Here's my thought for Monday. Marvelous Mondays. The Twitter... Um, Marvelous Mondays would be a concept where I take the ideas of the pagans that everybody is so afraid of or they think are going to be the victory of the wicked and take them and spin them in a more proverbial way where Proverbs talks about the idea that, hey, the wicked go to set traps. But as they go to set traps, they will fall right into those traps. We tend to forget that. We tend to forget that God took and plundered all of Egypt and that the way that God's world works is that as the wicked begin to set traps or decide that they're going to take over the world, God uses those things in order to plot their demise. That's the kind of world that we live in. And so I want to take Mondays and talk about some of the things that people are like, oh my goodness, Klaus Schwab. Like, yes, Klaus Schwab. That is, you watch it. It is going to be the narrative by which God uses Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. He's going to use that and he's going to destroy their kingdom. It's not a new concept. When Jesus came on the scene, Jesus comes on the scene, and the birth of Christ was the tumbling of the wicked as they're trying to kill him. 
It was their demise. Rome fell because of Jesus and 12 guys. I mean, and we forget that, oh, it doesn't happen to me. No, it doesn't happen. But faithfulness over time, submitting to God. My, my, my guys in here. What's up, buddy? Um, Franklin. Hey, um, as we submit to God and are faithful, that's the things that he uses. Faithfulness, faithfulness, people, has an outcome. Faithfulness isn't just like, hey, you're obeying. No, 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 no. Look at the fifth commandment. O- obedience and faithfulness has a blessing attached to it. Faithfulness conquers. Faithfulness is victorious. Lack of faithfulness brings judgment. It brings your demise. So when we see guys raise up like Klaus Schwab and World Economic Forum, we have another kid and teach him to love Jesus. We love our neighbors more. We take care of our parents. We become responsible. We become faithful. And those guys tumble because they don't have their, their roots of paganism and secularism don't take ground in a world that God has created faithfulness to be victorious. They can't do it. It doesn't work for them. And so I wanted to, and anyway, I can get into that. I can do that every, literally, I can do that every, every Monday. But I would, so I want to take Mondays. I want to make Mondays, marvelous Mondays, the failure of, the, of wickedness. And so that was my concept for Mondays. Um, there we go. Well, giving Lily access. Frankly, if you want to jump in on this, feel free to jump in onto this, buddy. Uh, I'll, I'll give you access to speak. Okay, so Tuesdays, Tuesdays. I thought Tuesdays for my show would be um, X Thread Tuesdays. And literally, I was doing this, and this is how I came with the concept. I was scrolling down my Twitter thread, and I was like, ugh. And it's not like I want to do a whole show on this, uh, on one thing that I see on my Twitter thread, but my whole Twitter thread itself is a show, and I could just roll down my Twitter thread and talk about some of the things that I see in short bursts and invite you to come in and talk about what's in your Twitter thread. What's going on in your Twitter thread that you just have a comment on? And we can make that show our own form of threads. Of threads, It's kind of like thread. Ooh, I can call it thread inception. Oh, I like that. Tuesdays is thread inception. If anybody's got a cool way to make me say that better, feel free to jump in and help me. But Tuesdays, I'm going to write that down. Thread inception. Hmm. Thread inception. All right, got that one on there for Tuesdays. All right. Wednesdays. I was going to do a show. Call it Work Wednesday. I think we have missed the boat on how important work is. We think work is to make sure that we just have lights, that we have food, that we can provide for our families. Those are true. That's all true. But work is so much more than that. Work is part of your DNA and makeup. It's a form of worship. You work because God worked. You create because God created. Work is an, a reflection of the image of God. It's not just making sure the lights are on. Yes, it does that. But work is so much more than that. And I want to take things that people think are insignificant about work, particularly I, I look at this so much when it comes to the work that my wife does in the home. Oh, my goodness. The way that she's able to do the things that she does in beautifying the home creates a certain type of human being in our home, our children and me, that think completely different about the world. When my kids come home and they smell the goodness of food and cookies and baking, 
and they smell the freshness in the bathrooms and they, the, you know, all these things that are going on in the house. Um, they think that the world is built a certain type of way and they can't even concept. They can't even conceptualize a world that doesn't have order and structure and hierarchy and places and work helps us um, develop human beings in a certain type of way where it's like when I make something for somebody else, I'm saying, I think you need this and this will be a blessing to you. I'm thinking of other people when I work. My work is that's what God's work does. His work was creating something, blessing us with breath and life and fruit. And so we don't think robustly enough about our work. So I want to take work Wednesdays and maybe highlight unique areas of work. We don't work anymore. You know, like we don't think, let's try to say, we don't think well enough about work. And so I want to highlight that. So if, again, jump in here and tell me if you have any thoughts on this. I would love to hear some of your thoughts on this. All right. Thir- okay. Now Thursdays. So if I was going to, so Thursdays do this show. And it, I don't know if I should do it morning, if I should do it evening, something like that. I was thinking about this. This is going to make so many people mad. Theonomy Thursdays. <laughs> Silver, hallelujah. Gold, hallelujah. Good, hallelujah. I was thinking of calling the show Theonomy Thursdays because, man, we are so ignorant about God's law. And God's law word, as Rush Duty would say. I think we need a refresher from Genesis constantly on the intent of the garden. What was, what was the plan Covenant theology, how does covenants work? What is a covenant? Because covenants are inescapable. It's not whether, but which. You're going to have a covenant. Pagans have a covenant. You're going to have priests inside of uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, what was it we were reading last night? 36? Uh, 33? Uh-oh. Last night in Deuteronomy. <laughs> uh, I see your hand up, Lily. Uh, we were reading that God was going to, it was a psalm, it was a song of Moses. And God was going to level Israel because they had worshiped false, false gods and he was going to level them. And then he was going to sit there and ask, where is your God? Where are your priests? They can't protect you. Part of the promise of God was that being obedient to God, being faithful to God, um, following his laws, loving his law brought a fruitfulness and protection to you. Do you think Israel got out of Egypt because they were such great warriors? Do you think Israel got out of Egypt because they were so wise? In the, in the song of Moses, God is telling them that he found Jacob in a desert and he surrounded him. He became the prize and he kept him and he was the one who gave him blessings and he was the one who gave him the blood of grapes. And, and so long as you are faithful to God, he is the one that sets protections of hedges around you. And when you worship false gods and idols, those protections are gone and judgment comes in. And God said in that song of Moses that he was going to judge. And then he was going to ask, where are your priests at? Remember what the priests do? The priests are the ones that stand in between you and the judgment to call you to repentance, that go before God before on your behalf. He's going to ask, where are your priests at? They're supposed to be the ones in between. These false gods' priests didn't work. Where are your gods at? These false gods can't protect you. I'm the only true God. 
And so I think we need to go back to the very basics, absolute very basics of, oh, Jason Whitlock is in here. Jason, if you want to jump in, you got time, feel free to jump in. Uh, let me know. I'll give you speaking rights. Um, I'm just going to do that now. Y'all hold up while I add. All right, Jason, you got invite to speak. So we need to go back. So Thursdays would be a going back to the basics of biblical theology, Christian worldview, and working through that. Okay, so that was one idea for Thursday. The other idea I have for Thursdays was I was thinking maybe we do a Tech Thursdays. And here's why I was thinking about doing a Tech Thursday. So I'm split between Theonomy Thursdays and Tech Thursdays. Doing a Tech Thursday is super important because, thinking about all this from a Christian worldview, we are so afraid of tech. Christians are afraid of anything that challenges their laziness. And tech challenges our laziness because we're like, man— when we go and do a job and something can come and take our job that's not sentient, we get afraid because we are comfortable doing non-sentient things. Our humanity is so broken that we don't understand that God has made us in his image to create, to work, that non-sentient things can replace the ability that God has put in humanity. And so when we look at tech and we look at AI and you, you'll take some of your top conservatives, number, number, I'll go with Tucker. Your conservative groups out there are trying to put limits on things that could actually be blessings to you. But here's the deal. Tech can only be a blessing to you. It can only be a blessing to you if you have a Christian worldview. If you're lazy and don't have a Christian worldview, tech is going to destroy you. So Christians have a wrong and conservatives have a wrong view of tech. If we had a Christian worldview, we say God has given us the ability to create like him. We're the head, not the tail, high above, not beneath, have wisdom. So then how do we use these things as helpers for us to accomplish a more godly end? If you have a Christian ethic, you can manage and deal with anything. If you don't have a Christian ethic, you're going to be extremely afraid of what's coming. What's going to put people out of work? God made people in his image to work. It will not put people out of work. It will reorientate the type of work that they need to be doing. I've seen this in every industry. And so I'm torn. I think maybe the enemy Thursdays and um, tech Thursdays can go together so that we can have Christian worldview about tech. Okay. So that's, that's what I'm thinking on Thursdays. Um, and then, okay, Fridays, I, I was just the family is so important to everything that we do and everybody right now has become talking points inside of conservatism. People love to say, well, we got to restore the family. We're about the family. Great, great. But they don't extrapolate the importance of the family to every area of society. So if I had to pick and I believe in the four governments, I believe in the government of the the family the government of self, the government of the church, and the civil government. These governments are the way in which God runs the world, has decided to run the world. But here's the deal. They all flow directly from the family. Your qualifications for any of these other spheres of government all come from the family on how you've been doing when it comes to self-government. The family is the judge. I'm like, no, he governs himself well, so we give him more responsibility. No, he's not governed himself well, so he gets disciplined in it. 
And so the family is the absolute core for the church. What qualifies a man to be an elder? Well, what does this garden look like at home? Can he garden the garden of his home? Well, then he should be able to garden the garden of the church. What, what does a man's look like in a civil magistrate? Well, if we want to know if he should be there, does he take bribes? Has he gardened the family well? Wow. These are really, really simple concepts that if we get right and play the long game, because oh, so much to say here. Getting the family right plays the long game faster. Imagine what it looks like for just the Southern Baptist Convention to pull their kids out of government schools, take control of teaching and educating their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, actually practicing church discipline when it comes to divorce and marriage, practicing church discipline, period, okay? Um, what that would do in 20 years. In, in 40 years of what we've seen with classical education and the homeschooling movement has been groundbreaking. No, hardly anybody can see this swell of conservatives and Christians that are about to come up and take. This is why I'm so hopeful about the future, because I know what God has been doing in the last 40 years. Uh, just here in Moscow, in the, in the ACCS movement, in homeschooling, it's going to be fantastic. Okay, so Fridays, I want to talk about Family Fridays. I think Family Fridays would be a great way to bring in the foundational teachings of what we need inside of society. So all this, all this for you guys coming in, all this happened because I turned on ESPN and all of a sudden they're having fashion show conversations talking about what guys are wearing to get to their uniforms uh, when they pass inside the, the um, going to their locker rooms when they first arrive. And they're doing this whole five to 10 minute piece on, oh, he's wearing these shoes and he's wearing that. And he's, and I'm like, I'm not, I didn't lose that much testosterone, y'all. I haven't lost that much. What's wrong with you guys? And, and part of it is this. Some of the reason that they're doing this, some of the reason that they're doing this is because they really believe that you like this stuff. I don't think we should look at ESPN and think that they're leading the charge. I don't think that's the case at all. I think ESPN is doing what they're doing because we have created such a soft culture and a soft environment. They're figuring out how to cater to our softness. And that's when I threw up my hands. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I, I, I don't want to turn on my television and create more estrogen in my house than the water that comes out my faucet is creating. And so part of my way in fighting back and then the floor is open. Anybody who wants to talk and engage anywhere in this conversation, feel free to jump in now. I'm going to add you as a speaker. My way to fight back is not just to complain, but what can I do? What are the tools that God has given me? Right? When Moses went to go and set the children of Israel free, the thing that God told Moses to look at to do so was already in his hand. Most of the things that we need right now, to engage and to battle and to, get, and to deal with culture isn't something that needs to be handed to us already. We have it. We're just faithless to use it. We have a st 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 stutter. I'm not, I'm not as smart as Jason Whitlock. I know that. I, I'm not a journalist. I know that. But what has God given me that I can use to help engage? And again, I said this earlier. I don't have to, I don't have, to have 300,000 people. 
I don't have to have a million people that I reach. I don't have to have a hundred thousand. Right now, the way things are, if we can just reach a thousand to five thousand people, if everybody in here right now reached that many people and was able to do something that was glorifying to God and use our skills to entertain and engage and push the conversation, I am so sick, so sick of the 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 uh, Christian nationalist conversation. I'm sick of it. And, and it's not that it doesn't need to happen. It needs to happen. And it's a good thing that is happening. But I'm sick of it because I want to know what your theology produces. Can you make me laugh? Can you give me something that entertains me for 10 minutes and not be gay? Do you have a Christian humanism worldview? That allows you to be able to be persuasive to somebody who doesn't agree with you. And they say, oh, that's thoughtful. I haven't thought about it. How do you love? What do your families look like? All right, Lily, you're, you got your hand up. Unmute your mic and you can speak. I see Theopolis is in here too. Theopolis, I'm going to give you speaking rights. Here we go. Are you okay? Can you hear me okay? You, I hear you, Lily. Go ahead. Okay. Um... I don't know where this might fit in. I was thinking in the Theonomy Thursday, but I was, I was, I had this idea, Knox, where, cause I'll meet people just randomly at a protest, you know, against drag queen story hour or something. And there's people who they're now open to knowing more about Christianity, but they don't, there's no solid church in their area. I mean, it's hard even for solid Christians these days to find a church that's not going to go to Zoom church, as we've seen in the past few years. And so I struggle to find a good church even just to recommend and say, hey, you know, you're, here's a Bible and here you should check out this church in your area. So I struggle to find that. And I'm thinking, what are other ideas and maybe it's through technology that it would help these individuals to learn more. I grew so much through Wretched, you know, back in the day, even before that, it was way of the master radio. Yeah. I stumbled, you know, let me tell you the story, Knox, how I stumbled upon this. One day, oh, what was it? I was on, okay, no, let me take it back further. Um, somebody from my church, this kid who was 13, he knew I liked hip hop. So he got me this he, he gave me the CD and it was uh, some Christian hip hop artist. And then on there, it was like, oh, the Lecrae and Triple E. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And so somehow that led me on a trail to look online and I'm searching up these guys and I find my, I stumble upon some online Christian community and knocks. There were like 16 year olds debating Super Lesterian. Yeah. And I'm like, what yeah. are these what are what's what are these terminologies? I don't what are and it was like it opened up this whole world that I didn't know existed because in my church at that time, like I don't want to say it was fluffy, but it was fluffy Christianity. It was really fluffy. There was it wasn't very deep. And so I get exposed to this and there's 16 year olds arguing about these these sophisticated terms in Christianity I'd never even heard of. And then somewhere in that thread, somebody mentioned Todd Frio, somebody mentioned this way of the master radio. So then I check out this way of the master radio and then that led me into being a longtime listener. I grew so much like I have to give it to Todd. I grew so much from listening to that podcast that brought in Paul Washer into my life and, you know, all, all these great theologians and speakers. And because of their theology, that preached so much 
depth to yeah, me that it, I was able yeah, and it, and it, you know what? It did it in such an entertaining, engagement way that engaging way that you wouldn't even know that you were getting theology that that was that thick. That's what's so amazing about Todd. Yeah. And so those are things yeah. that, that I've seen Todd develop. So I want to know, Lily, what do you think about Marvelous Mondays, um, Thread Tuesdays, Work Wednesdays, Theonomy Thursdays, or Tech Thursdays, and then Family Feud Friday or Family Friday? Are, are those good? I love it. Okay. All right. Those yeah. are good. Any yeah. any any tweaks on that? You say you want to tweak a little bit on Theonomy Thursday. What's the tweak? Oh, well. Um, it, not so much a tweak, but I wondered if there was a way that we could make a theonomy Thursday sort of all encompassing so that I could invite the non-Christians and say, hey, yeah. come into this Thursday. And that way, you know, there's also uh, like maybe if they want to have a question answered about Christianity. And again, we work in the theonomy part because in this day and age, especially after we've been through the past three years, People are wondering how do we look at government and yep. obeying them and all of that. That's a big question. Hey, Lily. And I think it makes. Lily, yeah. I just want you to know, here's, here's my point. This is America and in America, everybody can eat. So we can definitely do the Anime Thursdays where we invite people. I want to create an environment. Thank you, Lily. I want to create an environment yeah. so that we can have conversation. People want to tweet and write and do all sorts of stuff without engaging. And this is adjacent. Uh, Franklin, uh, buddy, I'm going to bring you in just a second. I got to give this up to Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock right now is the only person that I really know inside of the conservative movement who is not just talking at people and talking about people. He's inviting them onto his show. Like we all need to take like that chapter out of his book and put it in our own. Inviting people who he disagrees with or who he agrees with, but not maybe totally in everything. And saying, hey, come on and let's talk. Let's have that conversation together. And like he said before, and I'm going to steal this, he is becoming to me the, the, the Phil Donahue, right? The, the new place where you can go and see people with different ideas and thoughts. And, and it's what I think really develops big tent conservatism. It's not that we all have to say and agree in the exact same thing. It's like, where do we actually have agreement at? And then let's. Let's let's talk about that. But then let's work through together how we actually need to have disagreement. And no one I see inside of Christendom knows how to model that very well. And so I'm trying to model that. So, Lily, just to say with you, I agree. Theology Thursdays or uh, Theonomy Thursdays can invite those people. And Franklin, unmute your mic. You have the floor, sir. Hello, everybody. How y'all doing? Um, when you when you mentioned the theonomy thursday slash tech thursday portion it just got me excited mainly because i'm in tech well you know there's Knox, but for everyone else listening I'm, I'm i'm in the tech world i'm in it world and i have seen exactly what Knox was describing in terms of people being or conservatives uh being a little reluctant to either get into it or dabble or play around with it because of some of the extremes that we've seen online and in media. But as I was listening to what you were saying, I thought of what Christ was talking about in the parable of the dishonest manager. Mm. And we see in verse eight of Luke 16, verse eight, this is Christ saying, he said, the master commended the the dishonest manager for his shrewdness for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of life. And that, that applies to pretty much every area of life, not just technology, but we see the, for example, technology 
like you said, technology is good or it can be used for good when we have a Christian worldview. And we know that it was by God's grace that he's given people the, the knowledge and the abilities to create things, applications, websites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you you looking at what's the, the since since the pandemic, a lot of people weren't able to work, mainly women. Uh, what what kind of came out of the pandemic was a lot of men and women, but uh, more more women than men um, going on OnlyFans. Mm. And the reason why I bring up and the reason why I bring up OnlyFans because OnlyFans is was created. It's a tech. It's a technology. It's a technology. Comp- it's a tech company. It's a it's a file sharing company where people can upload various forms of content. Unfortunately, the majority of the content that's on there is sexual in nature. The same could be said about any pornographic website. It takes a few lines of code to create any kind of website. And we need to have Christians in this space. There's plenty of Christians in the tech and IT world. I know that for sure. But there needs to be some kind of... I won't even say happy medium, but there needs to be a, a way where it can be properly introduced to the average Christian consumer in a way where it's like, okay, well, this stuff isn't a boogeyman. It's not, it's not something we should be afraid of, but it's something that we should embrace. Like, we shouldn't be afraid of it. The world is using it, but because we belong to Christ, because we have Christ, we can make something better. I think... Message. I think... Uh, I think one of the things that's kind of holding Christians back from doing to getting into media or tech or whatever it is, is that we don't we don't believe that we can actually put out something that's better than what we have in mainstream media or any the the most popular application that's out in the App Store and Google Play Store. We don't think that we can do it. Therefore, we just write it off as something evil or we write it off and say, well, you know, it's not a good use of our time. Therefore, we're just going to stay away from that. But if we stay away from that, we don't we don't we don't disrupt it. It's not about having a seat at the table. It's about causing a disruption. And the only way you can cause a disruption is by disrupting. And I think it's 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 time for believers to to get in that game, because from the knowledge that I that I've seen and even my time working in the government, there's a lot of. Of, of freaky things out there in tech that that can be considered scary, but I think if 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 Christians if we get into this fight, I think we can do a lot of good work. Yeah, and you know but, what? And Franklin, first of all, dripology. Uh, I'm gonna give it to you, and I'm gonna be looking for you then. If I because I see what I'm need to do, I'm gonna have to do theonomy Thursdays and Tech Tuesdays, but I'm gonna be looking for you on. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tech thursdays i'm gonna be looking for you on those thursdays and something else i have some friends who are the patterners of um they they patent ar technology so augmented reality they have the patents on it's they're called gravity jack and i want to come in there with them to have them come in too and talk because they're christians christians who patent ar technology and so and have them update us on the tech and how we can use it for the gospel and so on and so forth. And um, I got another request here. Oh, he, he went away. And, and the other thing is too, listen guys, I know AR and I know technology is messy. I know it's, it's ruled by demons and principalities and powers of this world, but you got Jesus. You got the gospel. 
Guys, we go into those environments and we cast out demons. We cast out spirits and we set things right. Were you holy? Were you not filled with the spirit? Did God not transform you? Do you not expect God to transform messed up and broken and paganistic worlds and concepts and cultures? Get out of here. This is what we're designed to do. We do this stuff in our sleep by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and getting to work. All right. I see we got Theopolis in here. I don't know who it is on Theopolis, but I'm hoping it's Peter Lightheart. Theopolis, you have the floor. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, a sorry uh, imitation of Peter Lightheart. This is Brian. I don't like you, Brian. <laughs> but that's okay. Only, I just don't like you because you're not Peter Lightheart, and that's okay. I'll have to live with the sorry imitation of him. Go ahead. That's that's fine. Uh, mainly joined just to support you. I love I love listening to you speak and listening to you get into it with all these folks. I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, the Enoch factor. You know, often the unrighteous get to the technolo- technological innovations first, right? But then I just the only thing I would say right now because I have to go in a minute is. I'm teaching this arts and culture class right now at our church to the youth, so 12 and 13 to 17 and 18, and just how to engage with the the world of film and art and technology and cultural artifacts in general from the standpoint of being a Christian. And when I was young, um, as I'm sure most of you guys had the same experience, the position, the the posture towards the culture was one of fear. Uh-huh. And one of anger, and one of uh, yeah, primary. I would say primarily fear. Um, and I was, I took the first lesson on Sunday, and I just was trying to get into these kids' hearts that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and we are in union with Him, and therefore His body rules the world. Preach, you, Knox, yeah, you, you, Knox, rule the world. You. L, rule the world. You, Jason, you rule the world. You call the shots on what's left and what's right, what's up and what's down. And we just have to have, we got to get that into the hearts of our people and encourage them. Even the people that are, you know, there's a lot of weak churches out here. I'm sure some of us are in very strong churches. I know I am in a lot of ways. Um, But when we look at these, these weaker, quote unquote, weaker churches, we need to have a lot of empathy that they are following where they've been led and pray for them and seek to encourage them and seek to get into the hearts and minds of, of the church these days that we rule. And that helps us take steps forward and developing new products, new technologies in a way that is not fearful, but one that knows that if we do everything to the glory of God, we're going to continually more and more see the glory of God spread as the waters cover the sea. And so I think these are important discussions. Brian, you're welcome on Thursdays. Uh, you you definitely know Peter Lightheart, but I'll take you. Uh, so th- th- <laughs> thank you. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 I want to say something real quick on what you just got done saying. It's so important. When we talk about, let me say this. When you take responsibility, you're taking authority. That's how it works. This is the kind of world that God made. Because when Christ came, he restored the rights of men who are in him to rule. We lost that at the garden. When Christ came, he reestablished that. So the world is different now. It has a whole different shift cosmologically. It doesn't work the way that the pagans work, think it works. It works differently. Those who are in Christ, who take responsibility 
authority flows to them and then they have the ability now to have impact in a way that they wouldn't have before. Our problem is not that other people are doing stuff. It's that we aren't. We aren't taking responsibility. So take responsibility of the things that you have close to you and watch authority flow to you to be able to have uh, effect everywhere else. All right, Charles Goodlow, you have the floor, sir. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Well, I hear you just fine. All right, good, good. Well, uh, Chuck, first and foremost, I appreciate you even having this space here to talk about these things because uh, uh, engagement is probably one of the biggest pitfalls that we've um, out on. Mm. Like so many opportunities, we think, we look back and see, man, I really wish we would have figured phone idea. I wish we would have figured out this idea, that idea. So when I think about the tech portion of things, just being tech myself and uh, the IT world, uh, like Franklin, there are truly so many opportunities. And I'll admit, like just coming from the background that I had grown up in, there was almost an instilled fear. That fear was taught um, just with the type of theology that we had that um, certain tech uh, capabilities are just too far, too scary. And obviously, by God's grace, what changed me was an, a better understanding of theology. Like right now, who is Lord? Jesus is Lord. So if he's ruling and reigning right now, then what are we doing in regard to kind of taking over those very things that he literally told us to? Like disciple making isn't just the saving of souls, disciple-making is also building for his kingdom to come, and it's the fact that it's even raining right now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I dig that that theology, or excuse me, that uh, Theonomy Thursday and uh, tech. Um, I think there, there, there's a name there for it. There's something there for it to, uh, to call it maybe, um, uh, I'd say maybe, a, a, uh, I don't know, kingdom-based tech. Uh, Thursday or something like that, that just encourages all of us to kind of get out of our comfort zone uh, and can I be straight up? Stop being disobedient. I feel God right there. Uh, that's that's I just want to kind of echo those thoughts. Uh, that's um, that's some good stuff right there and plenty of opportunity to uh, to build for his kingdom. I'd like just sit here and think we're, we're literally on uh, X or Twitter right now utilizing it for the glory of God to look into the future for God's kingdom in the future. Uh, should he tarry, should he not return until later on? So there are clear opportunities for, for us to get engaged in many areas. And it's not just tech. Um, it's in areas of counseling, counseling. It's in the areas of, uh, businesses. It's in the areas of, uh, family building, like all these opportunities, are there if we're straight up because we we were disobedient in the past, but those opportunities by God's grace are still there. So you know what? Yeah, I apology. You know, let me just let me just interrupt you and say this real quick. What you're saying is exactly why I started this whole space today because it it irked me what I saw on ESPN, and it's almost like I felt conviction from the spirit. Oh, my charismatic side is coming back. <laughs> Y'all have to put up with me. I'm sorry. But I felt conviction when I saw what was going on in ESPN and I saw how effeminate it was and I saw how gay it was. 
Um, and I said, man, I don't like this. And it's like, yeah. And you don't have an alternative because you haven't been working to create one. Now, this goes back to the tech. Do you really want these guys who are lacking testosterone and ethics and a worship to the true God to be running tech? Tell, tell me, tell me real quick. How's that working out for you? When COVID came and we didn't have guys with a biblical ethic, how did we do? I can tell you how CrossPolitik did. We did really good in the beginning and then they clamped down. And even to this day, we just got kicked off of Vimeo for factual information. Do you they think, know they. Yeah. Do, do you do you think do you think that they are going to uh, get better or worse as AI is able to do more things for you? They are teaching their AI to worship false idols. And this isn't something to complain about. This is something to say, uh-uh, no, 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 no. We have a stick, too. We have a staff, too. And the, here's the promise of our staff. As we begin to work it, as we begin to engage, as we begin to, to take responsibility, our staff eats up both of theirs. It's not that they don't have staff. Ours is better. But we don't know how to use it. We don't know how to work it. We haven't been. We have atrophy in our Christianity. And it's because of our theology. We have such a poor theology. I got you. I see you coming in here. Is this um, Aaron Holder? The, I, I'm, I'm talking too much. I've talked a lot. Aaron, I'm going to give you the floor. If you if you got sound there, you got to uh, unmute your mic, Aaron. There you go. Howdy, howdy. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! <clears throat> you know it. By God's grace, though, he makes up for it. <laughs> I will just say that <clears throat> I've, I'm, in, I'm in tech as well. I'm in IT. And uh, I just wanted to point something out that I don't think people, people realize. Uh, I can't... Uh, can't remember exactly the verse off the top of my head, but it's like the sons of the sons of the more uh, of the serpent are more clever yeah. among themselves than the children of God are. Yeah, amongst yeah. ourselves. Yeah, frankly, and I was one of the things that, that we've seen. One of the things that we've seen, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting because it's going under the radar. Because what happens, right? The most undesirable, the most hard to defend people are the first ones that get thrown under the bus, right? And nobody really cares when. We roll over them like a speed bump. But <clears throat> there's a site called Kiwi Farms, which is basically a glorified uh, internet gossip site. And, you know, they they are not very popular. Um, they've uh, upset many, many people. They mostly kind of just do like minor e-celebrity drama stuff. But they've gotten in, uh, crossed up with the trans community as far as like one of their, there's this person named Keffels who was actively promoting uh, bathtub HRT um, access to minors without their parents' consent, telling, uh, telling them to go to this website where they can learn how to cook their own hormones in their bathtub. And so they, they made a big deal out of it got some things started up and after the last over the course of the last year there's just been this uh, article that came out this last week about how there's essentially um a, like there was a trans person who worked at this uh, at this place or uh, or who worked trying to take kiwi farms down and what they did is they just reached out to 
their allies, quote unquote, at these different companies, and they've officially gotten them deplatformed and unhosted from, I want to say, 12 different major internet service providers um, and website hosting forums. And they're not even they're not even high up. They're literally just there in the in the middle of, you know, just a cog in the machine. And they're furthering their God's kingdom. Why can't we? Resistance doesn't have to be burning it all down and bringing out the guillotines. If we're a little clever, then maybe we don't have to go that route. Hmm. I don't but I mean, they've nearly taken off. They've, they've nearly eliminated something from the internet. They've almost got, they've almost got there. And that's long since held to be impossible. But it turns out that with faith, even a fell faith, even a faith in a cheap idol, you can get a lot farther in this world than having all the faith in the world in your hands and not and not walking it out. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you jumping in. Go ahead. I hey, see you, Charles. Could I ask a, a quick quick question in, sure. in that regard? Kind of so. I, I guess because the first thing I kind of think about is like, so we as believers sometimes can kind of fall into the fear of of failure. I, I, I guess, and this is just kind of a general question to ask you, Chuck, or anyone here. Like, what, how do we fight the the urge to to think that we have to be like bulletproof, you know, in order to be successful? And to take that chance, like I think a lot of reasons why we don't take chances in these areas is because we're, we we think that we need to be prepared and bulletproof now. And then God will use that to to glorify himself, uh, you know, out of success. And if, if you catch my drift, uh, I, I want to take this one um, and you guys can chime in after I get done. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm going to try to be short on this one. But here's a couple things. When you've raised children, this is a. This is one of those things that you really get really well. Uh, and it takes some time for you to try to communicate this to your kids. When your kids started, my kid, my oldest right now is about to be 16. But when they came into this world, they could do nothing well except for cry. And sometimes they didn't even do that well. <laughs> they couldn't do things well. God has developed the world in the type of way that you get better the more you do it. And you need to be comfortable with the kind of way that God has designed this world. God has designed it that when you start something, you're horrible at it. And you do it a little bit every day, a little more, a little more until you don't think about it anymore. Do you think about walking? You don't think about walking. You only engage the ability to move faster as you know you need to accomplish it in. We have atrophy all over when it comes to working in these areas, because we don't practice. And so our problem isn't that we, we we're, it's not just fear in a lot of senses, it's pride. We think that the world is built differently than the way that God made it. God made it for you to get better, not for you to be perfect at it when you start it. And so we think of ourselves more than we actually should. We think that we should be perfect at it. God didn't make you like that. He didn't make the universe like that. He made you so that when you come into this world, that you have to lean on other people who are smarter than you, stronger than you, tougher than you, to teach you how to gain that as you engage little by little by little and do it a little more until one day you look up and you're surprised, wow, 
I can even go faster than what I'm going right now. But you didn't start like that. You need to be comfortable doing things bad for a period of time. You need to be comfortable falling on your face for a period of time. You need to be comfortable being ashamed in front of people because you misspoke or you didn't know something. And those things are like being in the gym. Those are the things that shred the muscles and then make them heal back stronger so you can lift more the next time around. The problem with Christians is that we have a broken cosmology of the way the world is designed to function. You don't, you're not just, well, some people are, but most people aren't just born with six packs and pecs that can bounce and they're not born with these magical abilities to be able to code. Those are things that are developed. Look at what Tiger's Woods' dad did to him. He took him and put a golf club in his hand as a baby. Serena and, and, and Venus Williams, their fathers. This is why the family Fridays are so important. Parents are the ones who disciple their kids. <laughs> By the time your kid turns 12 to 15, they have all these skills and they're, they're actually really good at them because you've been developing them in them from a very young age like it was if they were walking or if they were talking we teach them to say the words and sometimes when you're doing those things you might say the word wrong you might mumble it out sometimes here or there you might blah 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 and think that you've said a sentence and you have it get comfortable being that way get comfortable not being prideful that is used to humble you and we need to use it like that all right i said my piece anybody else want to add on to it with charles's question just to amen that i mean i think it's chesterton you know anything yeah. worth doing is worth doing anything worth doing is worth doing poorly or worth doing badly at the beginning i remind people all the time when we introduce something new that it's going to feel if it feels like you're on a unicycle that's a good thing like or the first time you get on a bicycle um this is the way god's made us he's made us he doesn't want us to he doesn't uh just birth us out at 100 percent. he wants to grow us he wants to mature us and you know, uh, to bring up, you know, I'm sure you've heard, uh, some of y'all have heard this, but um, my man Jim Jordan used to joke around about how there's no donut trees in the garden. But man mm. is made to eat donuts eventually. And to make a donut, you have to go out of the garden. You have to chop down the wheat. You have to learn how to make fire. You have to, and if you've ever made a fire, you know that you suck at it for quite a while until you get that thing going. Um so, amen, Knox. That's that's really important. Uh, you know what? I think I just figured out what I'm going to call Work Wednesdays. No donut trees in the garden. I like that. <laughs> work Wednesdays just got retitled to No Donut Trees in the Garden. Bam. Uh, so you know gotta... what? You're, you're earning your stripes, Brian. Yeah, that, that is still it's still no light heart. But you know what? You're getting closer. You're getting closer, my guy. <laughs> Lily? I've got a couple of Brian Sauvey uh, tweets that is applicable, and I, I posted it under this uh, space. But oh, no, no, in Lily, one, Lily, Lily, Lily. <laughs> Are you done? If Brian ain't in here, you can't help him get in here. If you want Brian, if you want Brian, if you want Brian's tweets in here, you tell Brian to get in this chat. No, you can't be. Uh, no, man. Let me tell you. You better tell Brian. Come in here and say your tweets, Brian. But. Okay. All right. I'll let it. I'll let it pass this one time. Just to edify Chuck here, but the line that he said was, "Competency is one in the doing, not before." Mm. So you just gotta, you just gotta do. 
You do. Just like what you were saying, Knox, you just got to jump in and do. The next time it'll be better. The next time it'll be better. But just start because evil ain't waiting around. <laughs> They're doing. So we got to do. That's right. When you, don't, when, you don't, when you don't do things, you get the, you get the uh, luxury of avoiding Christian virtue, mm. of apologizing, of getting better and putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, I mean, sitting back on your laurels really helps you avoid so much of the grit of the Christian life. And so when we get out there making things and doing things, I mean, you know what this is like, Knox. Like, you, you know, we've made... I don't know, close to 700 podcasts. The first 150 or so podcasts that I ever made sound really, really poor compared to what they sound like now. And I'm sure that'll be the same in another few years. I'm sure you guys at CrossPolitik are always finding things that you can tinker with or or uh, improve upon. Um, that's just the way God's made the world. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Aaron, I'm going to give you this in just a second. You know, and this is... Uh, yeah, they do get better. Our first five podcasts, nobody's ever heard because they were absolutely horrible. Our first podcast that we released still wasn't that good. But the first five that we did, we just deleted. Well, actually, somebody has it somewhere. We don't even play those. So you, you get over it. And I'm going to tell you something. When I do these five shows a week, they're not going to be good. They're going to get better. And But I, I know, look, if you're fat and you go to the gym, you feel horrible. You feel horrible because you see all these people who are fit and who are looking good. And you're like, doggone, man, I'm nothing like that. What you don't know is they all used to look like you. And the place that you come in, <laughs> they're like, oh, man, I remember that. And it's surprising how encouraging so many people. I used to train at the gym in. Uh, don't laugh. Don't laugh. I know you're laughing. Don't laugh. I did used to train. I know it doesn't look like it right now. I used to train at the gym with Mr. Olympic from Mr. Minnesota. And I, I worked with in that gym. And when I went in there, that was the most encouraging gym I've ever been in. They were cheering for me. They were helping me. They were they had my back. And that's the, that's the thing. They all used to be there. And so they know what I'm going through and they're encouraging other Christians need to recover this. When you see other Christians who are doing something, encourage them. Don't just look, the pie is not cut and then there's no more that you can get of it. It's not that kind of world. The, there is no pie. It's the universe out here, baby. Sharing other people's stuff, encouraging other people is not going to take away from you. Give them some encouragement. Listen to their shows, engage with them and cheer them on and, and, and watch God even bless that. Because they're starting off. So like I was saying, my shows aren't going to be the, the best when, they, when, when I start out. Now, I know that. I'm going to have to find my legs. I'm, I'm going to develop something different here. And so I'm going to have to ask you guys to be patient with me, right, as I'm doing this. But it'll get there. And what's going to happen, the more that I take responsibility, more authority is going to flow my way. Aaron, you got the floor. I, um, I agree with everything that's been said about, you know, you just got to learn by doing and, and all that stuff. But I do want to at least address the point that he brought up. Right. Because the this is something that I, I think a lot of us um, when we're in our fervor, we don't think about. It, and then when we go to do it, we're confronted. Right. And he was talking about the fear. And I think <clears throat> I think what I would suggest. Right. Is God want like God doesn't just want like being faithful to God isn't just doing all these things. It's also being a good steward of what you have. Right. So if you got a family, if you got things to lose. 
then you have to make a you have to make a risk assessment, right? You got to be a general on the battlefield. You got to look at the battlefield, see how it's lined out, and see where you can join the fight. And if you have to be more subtle, if you got to be a spy behind enemy lines, so to speak, like I am working at a woke company, and you got to get good at sussing out who the other Christians are. You got to get good at figuring out who's also hiding in the ranks, and you got to figure out how to start making these things happen at a level that you feel is responsible for what God has already put under your responsibility. Dripology. And so, so ultimately, man, it's, you know, hey, not everybody is going to start a, you know, um, a kick-ass podcast with Chuck Knox, um, you know, fighting the good fight, fighting, laughing, and feasting, right? Some of us got a, some of us got a code and stuff. But <clears throat> we, th that doesn't mean that you can't fight where you are in a way that, uh, in the way that you are and do so in a way that is both smart and beneficial. And what you can learn is that you can fight on your way to bulletproofing yourself so that you can finally speak up and realize that, you know, but, you know, I guess you can get to a point where you can, you can take, you can turn it up, you can turn the fire up and as you're ready to take more heat. Um, so yeah. in that way, uh, one other thing though, it's, imp it's, it's impossible. God has not made us this way to hold very strong, contradictory feelings in our, in our hearts at the same time. It mm -hmm. is almost impossible to be afraid and to love somebody at the same time. It is almost impossible to be depressed and grateful at the same time. If you're grateful for what you have, you're not depressed about how bad your life is. Yeah, if you you're loving somebody. And that perfect love will cast that fear straight out of your heart. That's right. Because you got to start to realize it's not just love for your family. It's love for all these damn lost people who are living in a waking hell. And we're on layer one. But if the demons are running the asylum, at least in the presently world time, they're only going to take us deeper. Yep. And if you love these people, sometimes that means you got to self-sacrifice because greater love have no man than that. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! All right, Koozie the Zimbo, you have the floor. Did I say that right? Koozie? Yes, you did. Hi, hi. Hey! Uh, yeah, I just wanted to plug... Hi, I just wanted to plug um, uh, the Spiritual Discipline series on the Puff TV app uh, for this topic when you were speaking. That's all. And I might head out soon, but it was great being here. Thank you so much. Did you just plug something from our app? Yes, yes, yes. I've been on it since it was uh, the FLF app. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Lily, did you hear that? Did you hear what she just did? She, did, she, didn't, she didn't go grab somebody else's stuff and plug their stuff. She, she, she plugged. All right. I just want you to say, let it be known to you, because next time I'm expecting that. All right. Most Rambled, you have the floor. <laughs> yes, thank you. Actually, Aaron made some of the points I was going to make. Uh, but just going back to how you were describing hitting the gym, being around guys that encouraged you, supported you, this is huge. I, now, I don't want to say anything too controversial here, but in some ways, a lot of what we're dealing with today comes from young men being told what to do, but not being shown how to do it. Mm. And I think I think some some might agree Come on with now. this. Some some maybe. All right. So it sounds like we're on the same page. This is crucial because discipleship is more than just telling us to go, right? It's showing the world how, with what Christ has commanded us, how to walk, how to walk rightly in the world, um, in the face of sin. Like sin isn't this thing that uh, isn't our oppressor that we're trying to sneak around or hopefully 
get away with. It's the, it's the enemy that we have through Christ the victory over. And when we say that we're discipling the nations with all that Christ has commanded, um, we're, yes, we're confronting sin, we're exposing it, we're preaching the gospel, but primarily the world is looking at our love for one another, um, that shared love in Christ, and seeing how to operate in the world properly. In other words, instead of us looking over at the world saying, oh, that's cool, let's copy them, the world is supposed to be looking at us as though they were orphans on the outside of a cold winter night, looking inside a nice warm house with the family, eating, you know, eating over a nice dinner or something like that, desiring to have the peace, desiring to have the, the love and the knowledge that we have as Christians. That our primary, um, I don't want to say evangelistic tool, but uh, for lack of a better phrase, is that they see uh, the difficulties of the world, the, the trials of this life, um, even the spiritual stuff going on. They see how Christians are responding to that. And we're able to give them the reason why, the foundation for that. God is truth. Um, Christ is, you know, everything. That That's just me trying to take a rambled section and make it real short. But that if following Christ, in our following Christ, these things are made right. Now, the younger generation knows We've got to do something about this. The world's messed up. It's looking kind of crazy. You know, what are we going to do? Well, this is this is where scripture gives us, you know, tells us not only how to do it, when to do it, uh, you know, all those uh, applicable aspects of life. It gives it to us. And this is what we're supposed to be giving the world in the face of sin. That's the primary context here. It's not over. The, ga- the game's not lost. There is hope. We have Christ. Victory is coming. When we look into Jero, Jericho, or uh, when we look into Canaan, what do we see? When we walk around Jericho, what are we doing? The victory belongs to the Lord. This is the hope we have. This is how we should act. And that men will, men, young men will give up many things, right? Many things to be a part of that. They will give up, uh, you know, being with, you know, uh, uh, their wife for a season to go out and do battle, to work, uh, to to get the job done for God and country, so to speak. Um, I am most rambled because that's kind of what I do. I ramble about, but I'll end it there. I think you guys get the gist of what I'm saying. Man, I got to tell you, you definitely lived up to your title. And for that, sir, I just got to say thank you very much. I expect that. You know, when people live up to the title, that's really good. Stuart, I see you done popped in. Kind of rehashing some of our conversation from last night. I sent you uh, an invite to speak if you can speak. So uh, I sent you that invite. Um, let me see. Who else do I have in here? Somebody else was trying to jump in and requested uh, the ability to speak. And I'm sorry. I, I tried to let you in, but that didn't work. Let me see. Who, who was that that just popped in? Stuart just got speaking rights. All right, Stuart. Um, yes. All right. So here's, here's uh, Stuart. If you, I don't know how much you've been paying attention when you came in to speak. But go ahead and drop in if you got any, something you want to say about this. So I just got on the call, and so I'm I'm kind of just now getting the call. Did you hear me? I sound like I'm in the 90s still. I just jumped in, and so I'm still getting my feet wet. Okay. But I'm here for it. Okay, so let me tell you. After our conversation we had last night, everything fell apart. I couldn't. Spaces didn't record the event. Nothing was—I couldn't repost it, so I kind of did a, a rehash of it. But I did something a little different. I thought— Rather than complaining about all this, kind of the conversation we were having last night, I'm like, what if, what happens if I make 
a show that's a daily spaces or streaming show on top of what I'm already doing with cross politics. And I want to talk, I want to have these five shows set out. And I got to tell you right off the front, I'm still in these from Todd Frio. Todd Frio, when I came to start working for him at Way of the Master Radio and then became Wretched TV and Wretched Radio, we had five shows. Used to be, back in the day as old shows, it was Mishmash Mondays, um, False Teacher Tuesdays, Witness Wednesdays, Theology Thursdays, and Free For All Fridays. Okay, And so I watched him produce... And I was his producer. He taught me how to do all of this stuff. He's Todd Frio, hands down. We have differences theologically, massive differences. Well, we're still 99.9% together, but we have differences. Todd Frio, my mentor, one of the best in this talk game. Content, Todd is an entertainer who happens to know some theology, but he knows what he's doing. And I learned so many things from him. And so I came up with my own list because I was watching ESPN, I keep telling this story for the new people that came in, and it was gay. They spent five, five, ten minutes walking through what all the players were wearing for fashion when I turned on to hear about football, and I wanted my testosterone to grow while I was doing some push-ups. Instead, they were feeding me estrogen. I got enough of that. I got enough plastics I microwave, okay? I got enough in my water. I don't need that. And so I was like, you know what? The only reason why we don't have... Uh, alternative to this is because we're not doing it. So I can't do sports. I, that's not my thing, but I can do something that can add. And and we don't have to um, have, and I said, I keep saying this because I'm just doing this for Stuart, making him do it. Um, oh, a, a patriarchy Hannah, she's in here. I'm going to see if she's, I'm going to give her ability to speak to. But so my thought, <laughs> so my thought, my thought, uh, Stuart was this, I'm going to take Mondays. I'm going to call it, Marvelous Mondays, and I'm going to flip what people think is going to be the winning thing for the wicked, and I'm going to flip it like Proverbs does and says it's actually going to be a ditch for them, and I'm going to call it the failure of wickedness, Marvelous Mondays. Tuesdays are going to be scrolling through my X threads and just giving short thoughts on what's in my feed and then asking other people what's in their feed and talk about what's going on, and I think I found a new title for this. Instead of uh, X thread Tuesdays, I'm going to call it Inception Thread Tuesdays. Because we're going to have so many other threads are going to connect and what everybody's threads are going to. Okay, so that's threads. Okay, when, work Wednesdays. People don't have work, a good theology of work. And Brian from over there at Theopolis, who is not Peter Lightheart, but is trying to live up to working with him. Uh, he came up, he, he dropped an idea for a title by quoting something from James Jordan, which is, there's no donut trees in the garden. Such a post-mill thought. Love how it plays in my head. So Work Wednesdays are going to be titled, There's No Donut Trees in the Garden, where we get to work. And from what God has given us, we get to make donuts. God's put treasure. And Work Wednesdays and There's No Donut Trees in the Garden are all about finding the amazing treasures that God has still hidden here in the world. When you look at cell phones, cell phones have been around since Genesis. We just didn't find them yet. Driving, self-driving cars. They've been around since Genesis. We just didn't put them together yet. What else is out there that we haven't put together that God has put here already? Well, the more that we act like him, the more that we resemble the image that God has put on us, his image, the more that we'll find those things. So work Wednesdays. Thursdays. Theonomy Thursdays. Because I'm a theonomist. <laughs> theonomy Thursdays or Tech Thursdays. And I think those two things can go together because if we have a proper theology, now we know how to deal with tech. 
We don't need to be afraid of AI. We don't need to be afraid of this doom and gloom of what happens is tech going to own us. We're human beings, people. Man up. My goodness. Stop being like ESPN. Get some testosterone about yourself. All right. And now, last but not least, and probably the most important one, is Family Fridays. So this is my idea for the show. Because family is the If you want to save a society, there is nothing more important than what happens in the family every day. Family is one of the few places that you're going to get morning and evening family work. Are you doing that? I'm not trying to make it a law. I'm just trying to say, like, it's a law. (laughs) Go read Deuteronomy. Morning, evening with your family. Y'all pray together. Y'all read the scriptures together. Y'all sing together. You confess your sins together. And then you get a chance to do it all again on Sunday. And they've already been discipled how to do it. This is why. Go baptize your kids if you have children. And I'm not trying to be controversial with that. I'm just trying to tell you it's the truth. But Family Thursdays. Family Fridays. I'm sorry. Family Fridays. Family Fridays are the foundation of all of society. And we have to understand the essential importance of the family. And I've talked too much. I'm going to give Patriot Hannah the floor. And then, Stuart, we're going to come to you, see what you think about that. That was good stuff. I love it. I'm looking forward. You're going to start doing, like, regular, these on regular spaces? Every day. That'll be awesome. Okay. Me and Hannah. Sounds great. Everyone. <laughs> Me and Hannah are going to be in everyone knocks. I, you know what? I'm Probably gonna... not everyone. Okay. But, well, yeah. you know what, Hannah? You're done. I don't need to hear from you anymore if you're not going to be here on every one of them. I just. I, I have a household to run, sir. Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, do you not? I mean, okay. <laughs> At least share it. At least share it, you know? It'd be nice. I, I got you. I got you. All right. Thank you, Hannah. All right, Stuart. Thoughts? Brother, I think this is a great idea. I think this is going to be like a, like an incubator. You know what I'm talking about? Like for us to be able to kind of get together, have regular conversations about all of these topics that you're talking about. Oh. I'm especially looking forward to the family one. I'm especially looking forward to the work one because that's on the front of my brain right now. Um, we're doing a lot of like productivity oriented things, building pro- productive households. I just uh, I just stumbled on uh, Toby's teaching series on children that he put on Canon Plus, and I'm like throwing it to all the families that we got in our churches with us. I'm like, let's go, guys. Let's get this together. And I think that this is going to be able to build, like we've been talking about, the platform for Christians, the opportunity is now. If we're going to be able to really swing and start trying to take dominion in in this sphere, in the social spheres, in the technology spheres, in the media production spheres, now's our opportunity to do it. And so to sleep on this would be foolish, in my opinion. I mean, I keep going back to that. I don't know why I can't forget about this, but your stinking tweet like three weeks ago about how we need to be building content out hard keeps ringing in my ears. It's, it's time to get to work. And I see this as being a big opportunity, a big catalyst. What time are you going to do these knocks? That's the thing. That's the haven't worked out yet. Oh, hey, I got to say this. Virgil Walker, my friend from G3 Ministries, is in this room. Virgil Walker is here, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. I'm about to see <laughs> uh, Virg. I, I I love Virgil. I loved him before his gap was gone. I, I've loved him before he was at G3. I've, I've loved Virgil since Virgil was Virgil. 
And so I just want to say thank you, like Jason Whitlock, who was in here earlier. Thank you for coming, Virgil. I gave you a chance to speak if you want to speak, because I'm going to talk about you as soon as uh, Stuart gets done. I'm going to talk about, oh, I'm going to talk about you. Stuart, what, you asked me a question, but Virgil distracted me. What, what, um, oh, what time? What time? What time? Yes. It, what okay. time? I don't know. I, I like the mornings because, uh, for me, my routine, uh, it really fits inside of a morning to have to start my day out with a certain sort of thought process, right? I love that. I love getting great content early in the morning, like morning shows when I turn them on. It's just fresh, you know? And I feel like they have such a weight, but. Mm. I know people don't function like me and really like to have that evening time. They kind of put the kids down. So I'm open. I'm going to try all kinds of times of the day. The good news is that all the recordings are going to be available for everybody, regardless of where they're at. So we're going to figure out which works best. Okay. Um, Virgil, you got to mute your mic. I know that that you came on here. You have a takeover spirit on you. You do this on Whitlock's show. You come on his show and and you take over. and, And I can feel that spirit is on you right now. And so you thank you for muting your mic. He just he has it's natural for Virgil. He has a takeover spirit and he knows what I'm talking about. And so uh we just have to we have to every now and then remind him, you know. Uh so I I'm gonna work on the timing and and figure that out. So I, I really want you guys to help crowdsourcing some of that. Okay, before Virgil comes in here, um we're gonna get some more rambling in for most ramble. R- most ramble, you got thirty seconds to ramble and then I'm gonna shut you off. Cool, cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I agree with Stuart. The one I'm most excited about is the family uh, Fridays. Um, we need so much help in this regard, especially the younger men. Uh, as I've come on X, I've found out that that's like real big uh, piece of the pie, as it were. So there are three things that I saw biblically that uh, I think we need to talk more about in the church and, and with the world is uh, raising our kids in the Christian faith, um, giving them a vocation so they can care for themselves and their families in the future, and Bring back arranged marriages. We need to be finding these young men and women spouses. Whoa. Whoa. That's a topic. That's a topic for maybe Friday. Let's let's save that topic for Friday because um wow. Uh yeah. I see. Um Virgil, it's now your show. You can unmute your mic and you can take over the show and, and say whatever you want. I'm just checking in, man. Okay. Anytime I see your name in some space, bro, I'm jumping in and seeing what's going on because I know I know you're shaking things up. It's a joy to be here, man. I'm, I'm actually down at the at the GICC doing a walkthrough. I saw your I name on my phone, and uh, I wanted I, I wanted I don't want, I don't want to hear kind of what was happening. And uh, man, anything you're doing, count me in. I'd love to be around, love to be there, and would love to participate. So yeah. all of this sounds fantastic. I'm, that's, that's all I got to say. And I'm out, Doc. Yeah, okay, okay, I know you're doing your thing. You got to go. But here, I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna, I want to challenge you. I think you need to have your own show. Your own show. Not one that you share with everybody else. Not one that you come on. Like, you can come on here all you want. I love it. Bring, bring me, people. I love it. But you really do need your own show. You need your own TV show, Virgil. You are one of the few people who can actually bring folks together. Um, and we can talk about some real things. Uh, and and show what our theology produces. So I know you got to run. I appreciate you. Bro, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm gonna say that I'm I'm with you on that. I'm I'm all over. Let's let's chat it up when when uh, when we get together. We've got to do something. I want to see us get together. I want to see us use practical theology to have an impact in in the real world. 
Um, all this philosophical stuff that we do is great. It's a start. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about where the rubber meets the road. And you know me, I'm all in on that. So that's what's up. You know, I, I love, I know that you ain't post millennial, but it really sound like it. It just sound, I just love how you just, whatever that is, whatever it is you just said, keep saying it, my brother. I love all that. I'm down. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I love you, man. All right. Who is love it? you, Doc. We'll uh, see you. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Selena. Is that Selene? Hello. Hey, Selene. What do you got to say? Yes, uh, Selene. That's me. So I have a question for you. So you have all this stuff organized around our Christian brethren and everything. Is this a way to reach the unbeliever? Because let me, let me give you a really quick of my own personal experience. The people that have been preached the gospel to and have lived in the church, <clears throat> if they don't got it by now, they probably ain't going to get it. But we have so many people that are lost. How is uh, our content ever to reach them? I mean, I see all this division going on around in the websites and the YouTubes, and we talk all, over all each other, over each other. And I don't see how this is reaching any unbelievers, honestly. It's, it's really a challenge that I kind of see how I want to put in front of everybody. Say, how is this going to reach the unbeliever? Is that? So that's your, so your question is how, how is, how is creating and doing shows that teach people to be good disciples yeah. going to reach the unbelievers? I'm going to help you out with this because this is one of the beautiful yeah. ways that God has made his world. Beauty is one of the best attractions to Christianity and us who are artists and not pastors get to use every facet of God's creation to be able to proclaim his beauty. And I'm going to give you an example because everything you just leveled at what you see going on right now could be leveled at my wife who is at home with my youngest child who has not gone has not school age yet. My wife makes food she cleans the house. She takes care of financials for us. She budgets our time, sets up our vacations, structures our family order in a lot of ways. She does so much more than that. I can't even go through. I, if, if I thought about how much I, my wife does, if I had to hire someone to do what she does, I couldn't afford them in no way. And you would say, what? what, is, what choir. You know, okay. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? You got me. But in so many ways, yes, it's like, you're looking like, well, how does that, how does that reach the lost? Yeah. And so here's the answer. It's in Titus. She shuts the mouth of the unbelievers. Okay. The faithfulness of my wife to train her children to be obedient to their parents, to love the Lord. And to produce a family that is glorifying God has an outfit out has an out um, has an effect and a light that shines out from our table into the rest of the world to see the beauty and the glory of the goodness of God. And so what she okay. does and so what she does is ground zero for the gospel to go out in so many ways. For what I do, people find our show. They find us talking about politics. They find us talking about the the um the the way the world is designed to function, and that you can only do that in repentance and faith to Jesus. And as you repent and have faith in Jesus and 
get married and have children and go baptize your kids if you have children. You can begin to see the outworking of the goodness of obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so everybody, everybody that is engaged in taking responsibility where they're at to love their neighbor well, to obey the law of God and to live godly and Christian lives in front of people do so because of the gospel and are calling people to see and taste the goodness of Jesus Christ in obedience to him. And sometimes we do that very directly where I have done and still do. We'll go out and be on the streets talking to people. But I reach more people behind this microphone than I ever would on the streets. And so there is not one thing that we do for the Lord to the Lord in faith that is not having an effect on the world and to unbelievers. So, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I agree with you on that. And I mean, obviously your wife is staying home. I'm a stay at home wife as well. And I understand that teaching my children is my first and foremost, uh, contribution to the Christian world. But I think what I was trying to, uh, articulate here is that we have, I mean, you have a certain theology. I personally have a different theology than a lot of the, the things out there and it's okay to be wrong. It's okay really, if you're wrong with me. No, but the issue is not so much that is I think, you know, we have people that are, have a different theology than other ones. And they, and we don't, we are arguing against with each other all the time oh, about yeah. simple things like infant baptism and uh yeah. you know uh you know dunking and things like that and we go on to those two hour videos about all this stuff no offense but no the people that i oh, see no. the non-believers are not don't care about that stuff all all they care is i prayed a prayer once and i'm saved now and Really, can I just be honest with you? The biggest, hugest problem we have in this, in, as a Christian, is a biblical illiteracy amongst Christians. That's why you're when wrong. I, was, I know. Uh, I know. I get it. I, I, it's okay. I, I, it, let me tell you just real quick. It's your show, so I don't want to step on you. But you're doing but a great job. You're doing. You're saved, doing a fantastic job. Go ahead. Thank you. When I was first saved. I started. I the G, Jesus gave me this appetite for His Word that was that I haven't been able to satisfy for the last four years. Praise God! And after a year of being in the Bible, let me tell you, I could I could say it as a woman, I know I'm not allowed to preach, and I'm okay with that now, and all of that. But I'm, let me tell you, I sit on the churches, and I think these people don't even read their Bible. What is going on? So I think maybe if we somewhere there, we can find a system that can bring the beauty of God's word to the unconverted. Yeah. I, you know, obviously you guys have all the audience there, so you probably can do it better than I could ever even begin to say. Yeah. Yeah. Celine, thank you so much for, I'm going to let, I so much I want to say to that. Okay. I see that. Um, I see who is it. Oh, yeah. Patriarchy Hannah, you have your hand up. I know you want to jump in on this. I'll let you go and maybe I'll say what you don't say. Okay, for sure. Thank you. Um I was just gonna say, like, Selena, first of all, it sounds like what you're saying is that there's a lot of believers that need to be reached 
if there's people in the pews who aren't reading their Bibles, which of course there are. Um, and so like, that's also like importing, but I do a lot of these spaces and a lot of the ones I do, I do them with people who are not Christian. And so a lot of them don't, uh, you know, when I start saying like, okay, well, we vote this way based on this issue. And here's like the biblical backing for that. There's no like pushback on that. Everybody listens. Everyone's respectful. They ask questions. So like unbelievers are in and out of these spaces all the time. It's a public forum. Yeah. And a lot of them have like, uh, you know, they ask questions and a lot of them haven't been like exposed to any kind of robust theology at all. They're very used to kind of like big Eva type um, nominal Christians, I guess you could say. And so for them to like witness someone who lives, uh, you know, we try, everyone strives for it to be consistent. Like that is a witness to them. And so I don't know, this is a tool just like anything else, but people really enjoy these spaces. We have great conversations with them. Oh my goodness. So. The hands are going up like crazy. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, let's jump into uh, Theopolis as their hand up. I, I, go, you have it, Brian. The floor is yours. Yeah, I'm about to jump off. Um, first of all, thank you for doing this, man. This has been great. I completely agree with everything you just said, uh, Hannah. Um, what do we want? Do we want to? Do we want to go out there and make disciples of a ton of individuals and then welcome into a culture that doesn't have any teeth, that doesn't care enough to fight over? issues as brothers that is it building beauty and cultural artifacts in the world that's not discipling not just individuals but whole nations to follow Jesus. That's that's why these spaces and discussing technology and the family and everything Knox wants to do is so crucial because we're winning people um, to Jesus, yes, but Jesus is up to so much in the world. Jesus is up to Christians that are building new technologies and new apps and and then taking the Roman roads and using them for the kingdom and plundering the Egyptians and taking taking all of their treasures and using them for Jesus. It's not just as if Jesus is simply interested in forgiving our sins and then introducing us into some kind of cultural ghetto. When Mm. we're saved, we're brought into all of these riches. And it's beautiful. And I I really appreciate... uh, your efforts here, Knox, in doing this. I, the thing I wanted to say, I'm about to teach a Bible class, but before I hopped off, I wanted to just say, uh, we're not going to do this, uh, any of this important work that you're doing or that all of these other folks are trying to do. We're not going to do it if we bite and devour each other. Mm. Uh-oh. It's about <laughs> baptism. I think that's a worthy fight. There's tons of them, tons of worthy fights that we need to have. What I mean is the jealousy and envy that means that we hesitate to build one another up just because individuals or organizations have a different biblical emphasis than we do. Um, So I think it's important for those who are following Christ, building new things, putting out content to, as they're able, to build one another up and not uh, tear one another down. There's, There's that idea that the way to win is not to tear down all the other buildings, but to build a great building. Mm. And so that's what we need to be doing. I think that's what you're doing here, Knox. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you for being a part of it. It really is an honor. Um, I know I tease you about being lighthearted, but kind of mean that and kind of don't. Uh, but I really do appreciate it. Guys, go download the Theopolis app. Um, 
Civitas is one of my favorite podcasts they have. I started listening to that and I appreciate it. And I have questions. I want to deep, deep political theology questions that I know that those guys can answer in a way that nobody else can. So go get the Theopolis app. It is a free app. You can download and get lots of great content on there. Uh, just want to support them. All right. Um, we got Pastor Stewart in here, too, so if he might want to jump in on this. But, Lily, you have the floor, and then I'll move on to that. Um, if this helps, Celine, with your question, because I think what we're talking about here and what we're trying to do is cover an area that has long been neglected by mm, Christians. Mm. Christians love to talk about preaching the gospel, evangelizing, and 100% yes. Yes, we should all be doing that. However, the area that Christians don't look at is art, culture, you know, politics, education, like all these other areas that we seem to, we hand it over to the heathens. Why are we doing that? So I think what we're trying to start the conversation and trying to do here is go into those areas, bring our Christianity into those areas. And it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that, People are drawn, I mean, we're made in the image of God, and, and you know, God created beauty, He created art, all those things God still made. So when we could create products, when we can cr- make something that is funny, enjoyable, intriguing, interesting, people will naturally be drawn to that. And that is also a form of evangelism, because like Knox was saying, we can we create those beautiful things, people want to come check it out, people who are not Christians, and the next thing they fall in amongst Christians and they're like, oh, what's this stuff you're talking about? Where did it come from? And and we get to to give it to them um, coming from a Christian foundation. And I think that really um, would help to evangelize as well. But again, it's just about this area that has been untapped, neglected by Christians because we think it's unimportant, because we're Gnostics, we're acting like Gnostics, and maybe Knox can explain to listeners what that <laughs> but that's, you know, if that helps you, Celine. So we're not saying to to neglect uh, helping non-Christians to come to knowing the gospel. So th- these spaces, like Hannah was saying, people will jump in and out. So while we're doing it, it's going to edify and encourage other Christians to be productive and be involved in these areas. And it'll get non-Christians to be like, hmm, what's this? What's going on here? And that's going to draw them in. So that's what I, oh, quick thing also, Knox, you were asking about timing. Uh, Just for consideration, the daytime, if you have it in the daytime, there's going to be people who are at work, at school. So it might help in the evenings, or if you have some shows in the evenings, some are in the daytime, that might help for people who have to work during the day and can't tune in. Thank you, Lily. All right. That was really good. Real, really good. I just want to give you, I know you ain't supposed to be preaching, but you know, you did something right there. All right, Chuck, you have the floor. Yeah, I, I'm going to make this super, super, super quick. Uh, first thing first. And what she was mentioning, I think probably the biggest thing we have to understand is that not every space is for everyone. Um, So when it comes to a certain space that shows us fighting, um, and maybe this is a different subject um, later on, but um, maybe we need to actually show um, others outside of the world how we fight. Because we we fight as believers. We have to show them how to fight faithfully with one another internally um, in a way that— yeah, that does glorify God that sharpens iron towards one another in, in that way. Um, but at the same time, for the unbeliever, maybe that's not necessarily the space that they need to be a part of at that time. Um, 
on the other hand, I mean, just to kind of echo what, what was said, like beauty is attractive. Um, and not to kind of put it in the overarching, like seeker sensitive way, but when we're glorifying God with the beauty of engaging ourselves in, in anything creative, um, whether it be technology, family, uh, any of these things, when we glorify God with that type of, uh, that type of beauty that's attractive, it's going to bring others in to where they at least start asking questions. So obviously I'm rehashing that, but just kind of wanted to put emphasis on not every space is really for everyone. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be a part of those spaces, kind of engaging and glorifying God in that way. Thank you very much, bro. All right. I'm going to leave it with uh, Pastor Stewart. You got the floor. You can wrap this all up, and then I'm going to close. Uh, this has been going longer than I thought, almost two hours. I was not intending for it to be this long. But I've enjoyed t- – you know what? I got to tell you, one of the most enjoyable things for me is to be able to engage with you guys and to hear your thoughts and to, to bounce it back off and iron sharpening iron in a good way. So – I, I I appreciate this kind of give and take. And I, that's why I love what we're doing with X. I love spaces because it reminds me of old school talk radio. And mm-hmm. to be able to have mm-hmm. that back and forth with your audience, to bring something in, 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 in engaging and to watch them take that and reform it and reshape it and make a whole new dialogue from it. That's what is happening here. And so I, I'm going to call Todd today and say, man, you got to get back to doing old school talk radio because those guys who know how to do it are going to be king in this area. And I, I, w- I would just love to see Ratchet blow up from doing space. All right, Stuart, you have the floor and then um, I'll wrap us up. Okay. So iron sharpens iron. We've been saying it over and over again. Here's the deal. Our swords are dull. They've been dull for quite a while. You know, like we're, we're in this spot where we, haven't been engaging properly because we've been too worried about being nice and being regarded as nice, polite people for the last 50 and 60 years. And that evangelism strategy did not work. The church as a whole has fallen apart in our country. It, we have been way, way behind. So if we're going to sharpen one another properly, that means, I mean, if you get the illustration of sharpening, you're literally chopping off the the spurs and the defects with the sword, which is a painful process. And so if we're, if we're going to do this properly, if we're going to sharpen each other properly, that means occasionally we're going to step on each other's toes. But we're bound together in Jesus. So that's going to be okay. So we can high five on the other side of it. So yes, one thing would be clearly, we need to do things like this, have conversations where we can politely disagree with each other, or maybe, you know, occasionally less politely, so that we can get sharper. Secondly, Things like this are going to be incredibly fruitful to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We have to have conversations so that we can be equipped. So we have to edify and challenge and push one another around a little bit so that we can be equipped to go out and win the unbelievers. We have to have both of these pieces. We don't pretend that one is isolated from the other. Instead, we say, yes, we're going to talk with other believers. We're going to push our ideas around. We're going to fight a little bit occasionally. That's going to be fine. And then we're going to go out and say, all right, now we got the world to win and we need sharp swords to do it. And with regards to time on this, Knox, I'm going to leave that up to you. Obviously, this is your show. But where we are right now is I'm on my lunch break. Boy, this time slot would fit great. (laughs) You know, what's funny. I don't know why he's going to leave it up to me. You handle all of our marketing and media. What you talking about? <laughs> like I'm gonna leave it up to you, but let me tell you what to do. I appreciate that. That's really good. I, I'm seeing some of the comments. I got to read some. Somebody said Theonom Charles Goodlow said 
Now, Charles, I gave you the chance to speak and you didn't say this when I gave you the opportunity. He said for for Thursdays where we're talking about tech, he says the anonymous tech. I like that. The anonymous tech. Uh, that might be. Although, yeah, that's, um, that's one of the things, though, is like, do we want to make it so in-house where nobody knows what in the world we're talking about? Maybe. Maybe. All right. So this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. This is this is I. When we see something that frustrates us in the culture, let's challenge ourselves to figure out what does it look like to not complain, but to be faithful. Uh, you know, and that's 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 one of the things I am convicted about more and more. What does it when I see even the engagement in fights on Twitter and Facebook, I'm like, I I, I want to have some of those philosophical conversations. They're fun. But if they don't do anything, they're useless. And so when I see something that's happening on my television screen that is annoying me to no end, the thing that I need to ask myself is, are you going to do anything about it? Or are you just going to sit there and be annoyed because you like to be annoyed and you want to have something to complain about, but you're not going to do anything to change it? It's like, you know what? God doesn't need thousands and thousands to get anything done. He needs a faithful person to believe him and to trust him, and he'll work through that. And so the question I think we need to be asking ourselves right now, are we going to be those faithful people? Are we going to be the one? And Are we going to be Athanasius? If nobody else is going to stand and be faithful, I'll stand, Lord, and, and I'll, I'll, they can take me out. Chocolate Knox Contramundum, right? I'll stand by myself against the world if I have to. But what I won't do is sit up here and show faithlessness through complaining. We got to understand that is, you know, when Paul is saying, don't be like your forefathers <laughs> in the desert where they did to the Lord and complain. Guys, we have so much blessing in America, so much blessing from the Lord. That complaining is to say, God, you gave us too much. God, you've been too good to us. God, you shouldn't have cared so much about us to bless us this way. When we see the issues and the problems and the things that, that, and we should be vexed because of their affront to the Lord, not just our own personal things. We should be vexed because that's not how God made the world. And so what we want to come and do is say, hey, this is what it looks like. To be faithful and to have conviction and to do things for the glory of God. And we want to take on those responsibilities and say, you know what, Lord, I'll do it. I'll be the one that stands in the gap. We're, we're the one who are priests. I'm going to be the priest that stands in the gap between people and, and you so that they can understand how they should be treating this. And so that's what I, this is my commitment. This is what I'm going to do. And I want you guys to help me out. I'll try and get better. I love to have you guys engaging. Um, I'm going to figure out. I have to go to G3 next week. So I'll be going from the 19th to the 23rd. And I'm thinking about maybe I just do a spaces every night while I'm there and have some guys jump in with me. But I, I and, and practice this out. But my goal is to do this. What's yours? What are you going to do? How are you going to engage? You got so many opportunities out there to be able to do something. Pick something. I don't care if you're making lemonade. I want to do a lemonade stand. It doesn't have to be on social media, but do something. If you're at home, like, you know what? Be like Hannah 
and, and say, Lord, give me a seed that I can give to you so that we can have a good mayor, that we can have a good governor, so I can teach him to be a good, godly minister and give him to the priesthood. I mean, there's something you can do. Find that thing that irks you. It's like, oh, I wish people loved God in this arena. I wish that people loved God in that arena. The thing that you're closest to, I wish people loved God as it relates to fashion. So I'm going to get into that. I'm going to start sewing. What are you going to do? I dare you to, to try God on this. That's my charismatic side coming out, right? I dare you to test God in this. I say, Lord, I'm going to give my life to this. I'm going to give my time to this. Little time that I have. Bless it. To see if God won't bless it. We're going to find out if he's going to bless what we're doing here. So I'll see you guys next time, maybe even tomorrow. Thanks, Max.